Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that paints a picture of our guests using the unparalleled power of how music connects to memories. Thanks for listening. I'm Tara Calligan. Our guest today is Brian Weaver. Brian Weaver is a street artist and co-founder of Art Symbol Underground, which was created to help local businesses attract traffic with murals, sculpture, or art events. He owns a gallery of the same name with fellow artist and past guest Cesar Aguilera. Art Symbol Underground Gallery is where the current Battle of the Arts is held every second Saturday of the month. Brian and Cesar consider this event less of a battle and more of an opportunity for local artists to connect and network while raising money for different nonprofit organizations each month. At the end of the year, all of the winners from each month will compete for the Southwest Florida World Cup of Art. Brian was born in Panama and Central America, but attended the School of Communication Arts in North Carolina, graduating with a degree in graphic design and computer animation. He moved to Cape Coral in 2013 and produced the monthly art festival All Walks of Art, starting at Dalton Key Resort in the same year. This art walk grew into closing down 47th Terrace, forming an art walk in Cape Coral, Florida. You can see quite a large amount of Brian's murals throughout Southwest Florida. He's shown his artwork at places like the Sydney and Byrne Davis Art Center, the Cape Coral Art Center, and the Alliance for the Arts. Brian's main passion is street art, having done murals from the West Coast to the East Coast. Gulf Shore Magazine celebrated Art Symbol Underground by giving them the cover, a four-page spread, and referring to them as the 2021 Masters of Street Art. And before we get started with today's episode, be sure to like, follow, comment, subscribe, share this episode with your friends. It is how we do what we do so very well. So let's get to it. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for joining us in the studio today. Thank you for having me. You've been on Gulf Coast Life for WGCU Studios. That's a talk show we have Monday through Thursdays on 90.1 FM at 1 p.m. Stream anytime online at WGCU.org. So you've been here before. Yes. Yes. I love coming here. How does you guys it, are amazing. How does it feel to be in here for this reason, to talk about music and memories? I love music. Music is a huge part of my life. And um, the memories that come with it, I have lots of them. So this is exciting for me. What did you listen to on the way here? What was I listening to? Actually, I was listening to um, um, a story um, uh, about... Uh, it's. I wasn't listening to music on the actually on the way here. I was listening to a story about how um, this person went to Columbia and was smuggling drugs and got locked up and went to prison. But so that was kind of odd. I listened to a lot of stories. That's I, cool. Um, and yeah, so that's what I was listening to. We enjoy stories here. If that wasn't an obvious sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were born in Panama, which I mean has an amazingly rich and diverse musical history. So I'm talking like bolero, jazz, salsa, reggae, calypso, mm-hmm. rock. I mean, there's so many genres there. So how has uh, and maybe that shaped your taste in music? Um, my my taste in music is all over the place. My, my parents were, you know, big stones and salsa and jazz and Dylan and um, uh, Neil Young and the Allman Brothers. And, you know, they were major, major hippies. So a lot of different styles of music throughout my whole life. Um, you know, um, like, I don't think there's any type of music that I do not like, except for New School Country, that is. Right. I'm, I'm in a similar boat to that. I try my best. I'm very open to music. 
you too. Yeah. <laughs> Our first awkward pause. I love <laughs> it. Um, so what would you think that your first musical memory would be that you can recall? My first musical? Well, um, you know, I can tell you my f- my first three cassette tapes that I got. Go and I it. think that those would probably be my my first musical memories. Um, I think it was my sixth birthday and my parents got me the boombox. They got me three tapes. One was the Beach Boys, one was the Doors, and one was Bob Marley. And those were my three tapes. And Which Beach is, Boys album? It was, I can't. I, it, like, was it, was it Pet Sounds? I think it was like a Greatest Hits or okay. something like that, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not too good necessarily with names of songs, but I just remember, you know, the names of the bands and what I was feeling throughout those albums and those in those music and so so the Beach Boys the Doors is is that what I said the Beach Boys the Doors and Bob Marley and Bob Marley yeah and um I think that was my mother you know kind of forcing me into having good taste in music and letting me kind of figure out what direction I wanted to roll in with those three which are very interesting especially throwing the Doors in there for a six year old. But I loved them. I loved them all. You know, Light My Fire, that was, um, you know, that was a big one. But I'd say those three albums were very deep to my heart because those were my only three cassette tapes. Yeah, so you had it on a boombox. So where would you listen to those cassette tapes? I remember being on my sixth birthday. I remember being at the beach and I remember it was my birthday, you know, it was, and I opened everything. And those are my first memories is just... Listening to it on the beach, taking this boombox, putting all these giant, huge batteries in the back of it, and just thinking I was the man, and just rocking out to the Beach Boys, and then going to the doors, and then falling in love with Bob Marley. Where were you living at the time? At the time, well, that was a vacation that we had taken in North Carolina. Cool. At the time, we were living in Tallahassee, Mm. but we had taken a beach vacation out to North Carolina to see my mom's birthday. I mean, to see my, one of my mom's best friends, and then it just so happened to be my birthday. Uh, how about a time that music moved you somehow when you were younger, when you felt that impact of music, or is that the similar memory? Well, I think that goes down almost into my three songs. Mm. I think uh, the three songs that I've that I picked were were pretty much my first memories. Okay, um, we'll get there then. Yeah, then yeah. We'll get there. I think I think yeah, we should hold off on that one maybe. How is music being played around you, not necessarily your boombox but generally? Oh, like like again, my parents had music on like 24/7. I mean, there was no ever quiet and, and my, you know, fond fondest memories are, you know, cooking dinner and listening to music, family parties. But they kept it old school, you know, from the 60s. It was, you know, again, like a lot of Stones, um, a a lot of Dylan, a lot of Bob Marley. Um, Let's see, what else? You know, the Almond Brothers, like I said. Gosh, we could just, uh, Janis Joplin. Um, I mean, that whole era, Jimi Hendrix. My dad was big into rock and roll, and so was my mom. And my mom actually was on her way to Woodstock um, and was with two of her girlfriends and she had uh, was driving a VW Bug and actually ended up getting into a wreck and they had to 
sell the VW Bug to get bus tickets to go home, and they and they never ended up going. Oh, so no. those three tickets to Woodstock was just, you know, yeah. vanished. Stuff happens. God. Isn't that a crazy story? It is. It is a true story, though. My mom has a si- – well, it's not similar story. My mom's older brother had tickets. My mother at the time was maybe 11, 10 or so with Woodstock, mm. and she – was planning on panhandling to go as as a young child. That was what she was going to do. She was ready to wow. go. She's like, my brother's going. I'm I'm going to go. I'll, I'll catch him there. At 11? And at like 10, 11 years old. And my grandmother, her, her mother, uh, basically caught her and was like, no, you can't effing do that. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, yeah, old. exactly. Yeah. You're a kid. But she's like, well, my older brother can go. So I'm just going to go alone. She's going to just panhandle because she wanted to go see the greats in real life. Who was that? That was I your... admire that. My mom. Oh, that was your mom's? Yeah. Wow. She sounds like a really cool lady. She's a cool lady. What's the first uh, live music you remember seeing? B.B. King. Whoa. B.B. King was my first show. Where? B.B. King. Um, that was in North Carolina as well, too. Um, we'd spend a lot of time in North Carolina, but uh, let's see, I think I was the age, I, I, I mean, I must have been 10, 11, but that was my first memory is going and um, watching B.B. King live and being blown away and mesmerized, actually. I don't like, you know, a lot of kids will go to shows and they'll run around and play around, but I would, I just sat there and just watched this man play Were you with that. your parents? Yeah, I was with my parents. And I actually saw BB play a couple times. As he got older, I wanted to see him, you know, you know, before he, he was going. And I just saw Santana last week too. Um, you know, nice. I wanted to click him off the list, which he was amazing. But uh, BB, BB King, was my first show with mom and dad's, and it was amazing. But I remember sitting there, being completely mesmerized by the way that man played the guitar, and not wanting to go out and play and, and fidget and do anything. I was like, I was in there, and, and and you know, my dad threw me on the back, on his back, put me on his shoulders, and took me all the way, you know, up to the front, and it was it was beautiful. I think that that's probably another one of my fondest memories. When I'm completely fell madly in love with music i can't imagine the crowd at that show that crowd was it was cool it was hippie crowd it was more like blankets everywhere it was an open venue everyone had blankets everyone's kind of chilling on the blankets and then you know and everyone's dancing kind of in their separate little areas and stuff and then you know it's closer you got but it was real chill and mellow it wasn't like you know bananas crazy so you could like make it pretty close to the front, which is how he got me up there. And I was on the back and got to see him pretty close at a young age. But I really realized how important music is and what it can make you feel. I think that was a huge point. Did you have any instruments being played around you growing up? Anyone in your family playing instruments, musical instruments? Mom, no. Mom Mom was a writer, um, English teacher, poet incredible dad guitar um i guess he used to play a lot when i was a baby i lost my dad at at an early age um i lost him at 12 Mm. so um but my mom said that he would play a lot he was trying to learn and 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 he would play for me and they they said it would calm me down when he would play it would make me fall asleep he she said that he wasn't very good but it was just the tone of the of the way that I guess the music came out of the guitar that I fell in love with, or that used to calm me. I mean, these are just stories I was told. Have but, you ever attempted to play anything yourself? Yeah, I play the guitar. Okay. I can get down on the guitar. I can get down on the harmonica. I can play some drums. 
there's I, I play a little bit of everything. The ukulele I love to play. Um, not much. Um, I don't like to play other people's songs. I'm definitely a make my own song kind of up, but um, I know the notes to be able to keep up. Do you see colors when you um, play music? I, I, have you heard of that before? I, I have heard about that. I don't. I don't see colors. Mm-hmm. I um. I see. I just feel feelings. I don't see colors. I I I feel feelings and goosebumps. And when you hit something perfect. It's just this feeling that you cannot describe of of like playing something beautiful and watching it affect somebody. And then just also just getting it out of me, you know, like I love to freestyle, like I, like I love to take a room and play the guitar. And then I like to freestyle to a room and go one by one by one person and make a little verse up about them. I guess that's kind of. I like that. Uh, one of my favorite things to do. I won't make you do it on time. the spot. If, if you got a you got a ukulele back there, oh, we, I don't. We don't have a ukulele. I don't think. I don't think we have any instruments in house right now. I'm looking back at the because we used to have at least a guitar or something that was that was in the back in Richard's office, but maybe not today. Next, All right. Well, next, next time, time. Next time. Next time. I would love that okay. if there was an instrument that you could learn automatically that's like downloaded into your brain what would that be that'd be the um the the stand-up bass oh all right never had a chance to play one of those like rockabilly style like kind of yeah, like yeah. rockabilly style mm-hmm. yeah the stand-up bass um i think that that's a that's a rad instrument and they're so expensive i've just never had a chance to acquire one or or had a friend that played one i've had acquaintances but there was just never been a stand-up bass around but that'd be it I think that'd be cool. We have um, a couple. Well, FGCU, uh, the jazz band, they have stand-up bass, and they've gotten yeah. to come here a few times for shows, and we've done live performances in studio, and that's just really cool to see. Yeah. And see someone master their instrument in that kind of a way. Is, and uh, to play it both ways, too. Yeah. Like, that's what's up. You know? <laughs> to pluck it and then also, you know, bring out the horsehair. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say your main style of music, was it similar when you were younger as it was in, like, high school? I mean, that, that's an interesting question. I went from, it was, it was, I loved, I mean, I always had a good respect for all the oldies. That was like, you know, even Al Green, Barry White, Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. was my jams back in the day. And then again to, you know, the hippie choir of the rock and roll. Always mad respect for that. But as I went through high school, I got into this punk rock phase and it became like, you know, um, the Misfits, and it was like, you know, Bad Religion, 80 to 85, uh, Propagandi, and it was, um, let's see, uh, just like, I was into that, you know, uh, the Sex Pistols, Bad Brains, like, that was my jam, like, I grew up next to the beach, and I was huge, big into surfing, surfing was like, was um, really all I cared about at the time, and that, and punk rock music, so I was like this, surfer punk rock kid with you know a mohawk a that was dyed blonde and that's what i'm thinking surf in my head. punk rocker kid and that <laughs> was that was my jam all the way through high school was punk rock pretty much do you remember uh like high school so we had what proms and homecomings and those kinds of things do you remember yeah. like your first slow dance by chance, yeah. Well, well that was. I, I think my first, my first kind of. I guess my my very first memory of like with a girl was like at a Rowan's at a Rowan um 
what do you call it when you put the skates on? Rolling ring? Yeah, roller rink. Roller ring. <laughs> yeah. And it was to, uh, um, you know, us holding hands <laughs> and listening to that song by Bette Midler. What was that song way back in the day? Um, Wind Beneath My Wings. Thank you. Oh, that, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, what, like, I did, for somebody, that song didn't register as a song that I would roller skate to and or hold hands and, Dude, like, get I, I don't know, but that was the jam back, <laughs> back in the day, and, and I remember grabbing that girl's hand, and I was just, like, <laughs> I had my custom skates on. Oh, so and, you knew uh, how to skate. Yeah, well, I mean, that was, that was I think the, that was super early, but, um, yeah, at that time in my life, <laughs> roller skating was the thing, and. That was before surfing. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. way. That was I it's mean, like I middle was, school style. Yeah, that's like like my first time I ever even like touched a girl. I mean, I, like that might have even have been even before the middle school thing. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That just popped up. I like that. Uh, do you do you dance a lot? Are you a dancer? I love to dance. I love to dance too. Love to dance. I like I love salsa. I love swing. Um, those are my two favorites. I've um, you know had lessons and um Ooh. also mothers and fathers followed in their foot the steps it was required in my family to be able to dance i love to dance there's not many gentlemen that i meet that are enthusiastic about dancing anymore well, as we get into some of my songs you'll understand why i was i was uh what made me um get Really infatuated with dancing and want to get really good at it. Well, let's go there. Yeah? It's now time for your first song. What is your first song? My first song is Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I can't remember who sings it, to be honest with you. It's Bobby McFerrin. I have have that covered. No, I have that covered. Don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, Would you like to tell your song story? Would you want to listen to it first? Let's let's listen to this one first. Yeah. And then and then and then I think it's good to tell it afterwards Sounds on this good. particular one. All right, let's listen to it. So this is going to be Don't Worry Be Happy, released in 1988 by Bobby McFerrin on the album Simple Pleasures. Don't worry, be happy. I think I must have been probably I guess 6 about that 6 years old, 7 years old on that time and I remember my father getting in trouble with my mom and I remember like them arguing the night before or something and then that next day he comes to my school to pick me up he picks me up and he says we're going to the mall like okay we we go into the mall and you know we get out the car we're walking to the mall and we go into this record shop and I'm like you know what are we doing we're like we're buying mom a present and I'm like well like, like, what are you, what are you thinking? He's like, I, he's like, I don't know the name of the song. I don't know the name of the artist or nothing. We're just going to try to, we're just going to try to wing it. So he goes up to the guy at the record store and he starts to sing this song to the guy. And it, and I remember looking up at him just like dying laughing because it was like so hilarious to watch him try to, he's like, you know, don't worry. And then he's like, be happy. And then he's trying to whistle that whistling <laughs> part. And then it, it, it was just bad. And the guy that was just looking at him, and he went for a while on this one. It wasn't just like a like a quick one sentence, like a, like a quick liner. It was like, like he went for like a whole paragraph, maybe some plus with the whistling on side of it. <laughs> And the guy just looked at him and just kind of like I was just dying. The guy, the record label was buying. He's like, he's like, I got you, I got you, man. 
So he, you know, he takes us to the place where the record is. We 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 pull the vinyl out, and you know, Dad buys it. <laughs> we go home, and I remember walking in. The house was real quiet at the time, and um, oh, he also hit the grocery store up on the way home too. Um, I don't know what he cooked or what he was cooking, but he had something cooking good. And, and he walks in, he takes the record, puts it on the record player. And turns it up super, 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 super loud. Like, to where, like, the whole house was vibrating. And then my mom comes out of the room, and they just give each other a hug and a kiss. And then we start cooking dinner. And then we just dance to that song over and over and over and over. I mean, for months and maybe even years, that song was like, you know, it kind of became their song of whenever my dad, you know, would, you know, mess up. It, it was his it was his jam out and it was smart. And I'll never forget that, you know, the Don't Worry, Be Happy song. But it was that whole experience of going through that. And um, especially as becoming from a boy, from a man and, you know, realizing about the you know, those are the things that help you learn about the opposite sex and, you know, and just people and just general. But music is a good way to get yourself out of trouble for all you single boys out there. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the first song. I love that. Music, for me, is a love language. I say people say that there's so many love languages. I'm like, well, you're missing oh, music because music is is my love language. So that was very smart. That was yeah. smart. And how can you be upset with that song you and I were sitting here listening to it the whole thing together uh and you admitted that you hadn't listened to it thoughtfully like that in a long time yeah I haven't a really 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 long time like it yeah it's an emotional song for me because it just brings back a certain time and you know um I just recently lost my mother a couple years ago too so that song just you know means a lot to me um you know, and that was just a happy song. It was just a good time. You know, it was just about, you know, food and, and, and connecting with other people. And sometimes it's the best way to apologize is through music. Sometimes you can't express what you want to say properly, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. And a song can do it as well as just trying to, you know, get a party going. Like, it's so weird when you go to a party and they don't have music on. Like, I'm the first guy that walks into the party and it's like... Where's the radio? You know, I'll handle this. Yep. Like, and then I find the radio. I can't stand to be at a party that there's no music. Like, it just goes against every uh, everything I stand for. Like, like I, I just cannot be in a room full of people unless there's really good music playing. I, I became that person in my friend group. I think I don't know, if, probably on my own, because I was like, you know what, you don't, y'all don't know how to set a tone. I can set a tone. I, I know, this. I know exactly what yes. we need for X, Y, Z thing. Yep. And. I, Oh no! Go ahead. Go. Um, and, and I mean, and if you get real good at it, you can read a room. Yeah, too. you can read a room by what they look like, what they dress, what they're talking about, and you can read a room. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just wanted to say, a if nobody's seen the music video for that, it's got Robin Williams in it, and it's just magical. I didn't know that. And B, it's the only song that's acapella that ever made it to number one on the Billboard charts. Yes, because I was I was a junior in high school when that came out, and it was everywhere yeah yeah <laughs> it, it took just, over the world it took over the world i mean it was just everywhere the world needed it too it yeah. needs to come back exactly and if you think about what it was up against at the time it was like 
Guns N' Roses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Sweet Child you know, and that comes out. Yeah. It's just Aero like open-hearted, Smith. little beat, you know, uh-huh. so, yeah. Yeah, it was. It just came out of the blue. It probably exposed a lot of people to that, like, more reggae-type mm-hmm. acapella genre, too, because, I mean, you think of commercial radio, and it's very limited in, in the genres that it even tries to approach. So you get that probably sleeper hit, underdog hit that people didn't expect to catch on, right? Right, yeah. And it probably, like, I'm sure it introduced a lot of people at that time to more Bob Marley at that point. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, wasn't Millie Vanilli out at that point, too? Weren't they trying oh, to do oh, yeah. some type yeah. of, like, like, a mix between, you know, Boy, you rock know and roll true. and, and <laughs> reggae and then... That whole jam went down. That yeah. Was, that was a whole crazy, that's a whole another crazy story right there. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm like, uh. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. We're all over the place. We're all happy, though. I mean, it was, just singing that song, and I hadn't really thoughtfully listened to it in a while either, but I I, I love the little, the conversational bits in it. Y- yes. That's kind of my favorite part. Um. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He sends that message, and again, like my favorite part is when he's like, you know, he's like telling everyone, like, like, you know, you can't if you're unhappy, then you're, everyone's gonna feel that unhappy vibe. You bring everybody make, down. You're gonna bring everybody down. So it only works if we all happy, and then you're gonna understand why you need to be happy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's the man. He killed it. He killed it on that one for sure. How does music fit into your creative process within your own artwork? It it affects it m- majorly, but it that's hmm, an interesting question. Um, I think what I'm going through light in life in general affects my my art the most. Um, relationships and um, sadness or happiness, um, but I can I've seemed to learn that I can control that with music so if i'm sad i can i can change that mood around by playing something that you know i really enjoy like what we just listened to or so i've learned how to kind of control but sometimes you can't control it because you know what you're going through at the time is just so powerful that you know nothing can help it but most of the time i'd say you know 95 percent of the time that you can take music and you can put it towards your project and it helps tremendously. Um, so I think major in my, uh, throughout my art career, music is everything. It's always on in my house. It's, 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 I'm always listening to something, mostly music. It was weird that I was listening to that story on the way here because usually I don't listen to a lot of those things. I'm usually listening to music, but music is, music is God, you know, to me personally. Yeah, I get that very much. Uh, you have a degree in graphic design and uh, computer animation. I do. But I was wondering, what describe your art style. I, I'm a bit familiar with it, but I'd love for you to describe that. Well, my art style, I use a lot of spray paints. I'm definitely probably more of considered a street artist. I've done lots of galleries, but street art is my passion. There's something um, about using a, spray, a can of spray paint and being able to put something on a wall that's that's giant that everyone can share it's not just inside of a gallery where you have to walk into i love doing things where you can pass on the side of the road and it, and i love putting into my artwork something that just isn't pretty pictures that m- means something that's going to teach somebody something um music is uh wait what was the question Aaron? i'm sorry i was i started thinking about 
You're fantastic. I love this interview so much. Uh, describe your art style. You know, okay. What, what oh, kind yeah. of mediums you use? Mostly you're talking about street art. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, mostly street art. Street art's my biggest passion. I love painting in general. I love all different styles of art. I mean, I love sculpting. I, 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 I love acrylics. I love oils. I don't think that there's... I don't want to be categorized as any type of artist. But I think that my major passion does come from giant murals, bigger the better, hanging out with my boy, my business partner, Cesar Aguilera, and us listening to music and painting giant murals for the world to see is probably my favorite thing in the world to do. Where in Southwest Florida can we find some of your murals? And what are they of? Locally, of a lot of places. Uh, um, we just did a really special one in LaBelle, um, um, uh, Julian Keene was a um, um, a um, wildlife officer that was shot and killed, and we did a huge portrait of him and this Batman thing because of like how many people he's helped in that community. I mean, that was one of the best experiences of um, of my life was going out to LaBelle and the love that we got from the community there as we were painting this mural of this man that changed so many kids' life that came from a really rough background and then makes it into that. I mean, I, he played football for UF and then he gets in and then he comes back home and he wants to live in LaBelle and he wants to help all the kids that went through what he went through. And he, it, I mean, the guy was a real, for real Batman and we were able honored um, to be able to allow to do this portrait mural of him. And that was something really special. So if you're out in LaBelle Check out the Julian mural. It's something really special. Um, we've done lots of them. We just finished at the uh, Kip Coral Art Center. Mm. We, we just did a really very cool mural. It's almost like a stained glass mural. And it's got the Van Gogh hands, and they're kind of like coming out, and there's this paintbrush in there. And that one got a, a, lot, of, a lot of press. Um, but we've done murals. All the, all the, there's quite a few of them. Those are just to name a few. But, you know, check our website out. And they're all on there. But it's definitely worth the check out. Yeah. So Art Symbol Underground is uh, a project. Well, it's not a project. It is a company with you and Cesar mm -hmm. Aguilera. And Cesar was a previous guest and he recommended you yeah, uh, as boy. a guest. So shout out to him. So from your perspective, we heard about Art Symbol Underground from Cesar. You tell me about Art Symbol Underground. <sighs> Man, Art Symbol Underground is in, uh, very interesting uh um company we started it um back in the day I, I i had a giant warehouse and i was throwing events in this warehouse underground events where we do things called battle of the arts and you know we had um i, I rented out all different sections of this giant warehouse you know one section we had fire spinners that would practice their fire spinning then we had all different types of artists that would re had take different studios inside of the warehouse and then we would all form as one and we throw these giant events and charge, you know, donations at the door. And I met him through through that experience throughout my warehouse. And I'd heard about him since I moved here. He was a very well-known artist. And, is, um, you know, I looked up to him. He's extremely incredible. Um, he's, like, definitely one of my favorite local artists. So we met and we hit it off. And then we wanted to start doing pop-up shows where we go into abandoned buildings. And then we just take these abandoned buildings and we turn them into galleries for the weekend. And we started doing that, and we got a great response from it. And then from there, 
we somebody asked us when we were together to if they would do a mural if 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 we would do a mural for them and we did the mural and then that mural ended up going to another mural and then another mural and then another mural and then another mural and then that ended up you know going into the art Summer gallery which we've i think we've had now for almost going on five months now and that's which, in bell tower that's right? at bell towers yeah, in fort myers in Fort Myers. Um, and so we wanted to kind of like step up the whole entire game. So when we wanted a gallery that wasn't, you know, snooty, that, that, that people could come and they could hang out and, you know, everyone was welcome. And we, it's a very kind of urban-esque style to our gallery. Um, we're all local right now. I think we have about 13 different local artists in there. Things are going really, really well right now. We're just open on Fridays and Saturdays because the mural business is so popping that we need to be there. But we are aiming to be open very, very soon, probably Wednesday through Sunday. We're just looking for the right people and just trying to just get all of our ducks in a row. Yeah. And um, that's when we've also we've um, we're doing the Battle of the Arts there, and which is very cool because each month we pick a nonprofit. And we raise money for that nonprofit through the Battle of the Arts. I think last or uh, a couple months ago, we had like 32 artists. Mm. Last month, I think we had 25 artists. And that's something really special. If you guys haven't been, it's every second Saturday of the month. It starts at 5 o'clock. And I tell you what, there's something very, very special about watching, let's say, 20, 25 artists create from the bottom of their heart something at the same time. And the energy that f- fills the room, and we also have live music, and just the people that come, and we've been packing out the house. I mean, these things are going really well, and we're selling art, and we're, and it's not really about the battle. It's more about the n- artist networking, and then also creating a platform to make change in the community, which mm-hmm. is really, really big. Um, to Cesar and I, and so that's kind of what this hub has become. They say the the Artsemble Underground Gallery is just a place where, you know, we can put on these different events. In fact, tomorrow we're doing um, a crystal bowl and chanting um, session. That's gonna be. It's not really like yoga. You just come and you just. It's a meditation of the mind, and that's gonna start tomorrow at five. Again, go to our website for that information. Something very very cool. We did it last month, and we sold it. Sold out the show. I think we had like thirty people show up. Everyone's laying on the ground. We're playing incense. I mean, we go super hippie on this, but it's a, that's when I do see colors is throughout that experience. Yeah. So this we're recording this on the twenty fourth. So unfortunately, this won't be out by the time that is. But this is that this coming up is the second one you've done. So hopefully, there'll be more in the future. And oh, there's always cool events that you guys are doing. So yeah, uh, we'll be doing them every single month from now on. Fabulous. Um, so yeah, everything is on the website. But if you do, I, I I recommend it for your heart and your insult, and if you're trying to relieve anything. Or gain something, this is the place to do it. And so that's what we focus on is all different styles of art, bringing them all together. And then we really try to help all different local companies at the same time. And I might be, I think I'm, I'm going to be a celeb, ce- ce- local celebrity yeah, judge celebrity in judge. October <laughs> for Battle of the Arts, which I'm very excited about. And thank you guys for asking me to do that. We're excited to have you. Have you been, I'm assuming you've been to a lot of concerts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What would you say is your standout concert experiences or collection of standout concert experiences? That is a really, really, really tough one. But I'd have to say I did get to see Jack Johnson, Ben Harper, and G-Love play at Red Rocks in Colorado. 
And that was a really interesting experience because we got there super late and it was my first time at Red Rocks and I had no idea on how long it would take to get to the parking. So we lied and we said that my friend broke his leg and he was up at the concert and we had to go go get him. And so each level, if you've been to Red Rocks, it's a level of parking. So each security guy would be like, Listen, man, my friend just broke his leg up there. We got to get up there, pick him. I promise we're coming right back. We'll take him to the hospital. And it worked. And we got all the way up to the top, rolled in, and got to see the show right when it started. A little through. white lie never hurt hey, It was a fib. It was, it, it was more of a joke. It was <laughs> more of a bad joke. I don't, I don't lie. So, but <laughs> it's a bad joke. That was a really beautiful show. Cool. Any other ones that come up to mind? Anything locally that you've seen? Well, I mean, Santana. You yeah. Know, that um, Santana. Let's see. What else? Um, in the state of Florida. That I is mean, wherever, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I, I'm not a big fish. I've seen string cheese. Those aren't my – Those aren't. My, oh, I've seen Dylan play. I got to see Dylan. I got to see Neil Young play. I lived out in um, Aspen, Colorado, and they do a jazz fest out there that's insane. Um, so I got to see a lot of really incredible artists throughout living there. I lived there off and on for, I guess, about um, 10 years, okay. off and on. So I'd always go to jazz fest. Colorado is a place I have not been that I want to. My soul wants to go there, and I don't know why. It's I don't a, know what that's beautiful. about, but I I want to go to there. It's a magical place, and you should listen to it. Yeah. You should go. If you go, I can hook you up with some numbers out in Aspen. We're going to go together. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> it sounds good to me. It's a road trip. Mike, you coming? Why not? All right, let's do this. It's <laughs> not, we're going to get it on the calendar. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Mike's in. I love it. Um, what devices do you usually listen to music on? I use YouTube. Okay. I like uh, YouTube is my jam on everything. Um, um, I even was looking for you guys through YouTube, but I mean, I guess this is more of like the podcast type thing. But you guys, should, you guys could do a cool YouTube. But I, I like the YouTube thing. Um, you can put it on. You can watch all the videos while they play. All the new songs come out. They alert it, and well, that. But. My major's vinyl. You know, I do have the record player. I have an amazing record collection. That's my number one pick. But my everyday while I'm driving, while I'm out, while I'm painting, um, you know, doing murals, it's uh, it's YouTube. What's the last record you bought? Well, you, crazy story is I was just driving. Like, this happened a couple weeks ago. I was driving down the street over by my house. I live on Palm Beach by the water. And... This guy was throwing away all these boxes, and I'm always looking for furniture and stuff on the side of the street. And I could tell that the boxes had some records in it. And I pull over, and this guy was throwing away eight boxes of records, vinyls. Whoa. I found two Johnny Cashes. I found some. I found all three albums of the Zeppelin in there. Um, uh, let's. What else did I find in there? I'm I, just some gems, like gym after gym. There was a lot of bad country, but at least it's old school country. Yeah. And but six boxes and the guy just goes, take it all. He goes, you can have it. Just get it out of here. So I say the last album I bought was probably about, you know, I'd say 2000 of them at the same time. (laughs) On the side of the road. On the side of the road. They were just given to you. I like that. Yeah. I I frequent quite often uh, Joe's. 
downtown. Yeah, um, they're awesome. Yeah, and, it, and, the, and the, he, he hooks you up too, especially uh, you go in there quite often. And something about recently, uh, we've replaced, got a new upgraded record player, everything. So I'm really excited about that. Got new speakers. Uh, very, very happy. And now it's just, it's a thing. I keep, we keep going to Joe's and we keep getting more and more and more records of all kinds. It's a, it's kind of been all over the place. I think the last one we got was Converge. I don't know if you're familiar with Converge. I'm not uh, familiar with pretty, Converge. Pretty, pretty uh, more intense rock, like hard, hard oh, kind yeah? of rock stuff. Yeah. So that's a little. I'll have to check them out. I'll, I'll, I'll show you that one day. Uh, let's go to song number two. Okay. We've talked a lot about in between here. So, what would you like to do with this one? Do you want to tell the story first? Would you like to listen to it? A combination? Is this the Offspring song? It is the Offspring song. All right. This is. I'll just tell the story first one on this one. All right. So, this song is "Come Out and Play" by the Offspring. Yeah. All right. I always thought it was called "Keep Them Separated," but um, I just yeah. I just found out it's um, "Come Out and Play." Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. So this story, <laughs> Offspring wasn't one of my jams back in the day, but it was my best friend's jam back when I was 16. I was 15, he was 16, and that's when that album came out. And he just listened to it nonstop. And since he was 16, he had the car. I didn't have the car, so he would drive everywhere. What car? Um, he drove a. It was like a like a like a white four door Nissan. I don't. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, his cool car, well, he ended up getting one of them trackers and putting these giant rims on it, or these, like, you know, old Dayton's, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I think that actually was the car that we were driving in that. So he bought one of them ugly trackers and put gold Dayton's on it, um, which is hilarious. So, all right. So you can imagine that car and that song playing all the time and him blaring it. So he was like a rapper, punk rock, surfer kind of kid, just like myself. And we'd go surfing every single day after after school. And uh, we had, there was a, a hurricane that was coming. I was living in Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, or I was living in Beaufort. We lived in Beaufort, North Carolina. And to get to the beach to surf, we had to drive to Atlanta Beach, North Carolina, which was about a 20-minute drive from where I lived at. And when the hurricanes would come over, they would close down all the bridges so you couldn't get over the beach to surf. And that's when you want to go surf is when the hurricanes come because you get these swells in there that would come in, and they're amazing. So all we were trying to do all day is figure out how we could get over to the beach and get around the police. So, again, we told a fib, and our plan was that we would – Take all of our surfboards, we'd put them in the back, we'd cover them up all with a bunch of blankets and boxes and stuff, and, and so you couldn't see any of our surfboards. And then we pulled up uh, to, before we got over the bridge, and we were like, listen, my friend's grandma is stuck over on the beach. We did another one of those she's things. She's got a broken leg. <laughs> she's, a leg. <laughs> she's, she, she can't drive. Like, like this is her. I'm her grandson. My mom, listen, I can, like, this was, like, back in Pager, so it wasn't like, yeah. I'm going like, to beat my mom. Yeah, yeah. Like, like officer, my grandma's freaking out. I got to get over there. And my mom said, you have to let us over. And he let us over that bridge. My mom said. <laughs> my mom said, I got to go get my grandma. So, so you got to let me. And he bought it. And we made it over that bridge. I remember we're high-fiving and we're blaring that song so, so loud. He had this giant speaker system in the back of his ride. So we make it over the bridge. And uh, you would surf next to these piers. This is where the is where the waves come in, and then as the swells come in, they come in by threes, and then they usually break to you know towards the left or to the right of the piers, so you can get a line. So we pull up to the place where we would surf at every day, 
we grab our boards and there's kind of like, you know, there's press out, you know, and this winds are going crazy and the swell, I'm not joking, was probably about, I'd say between, you know, 12 and 15 feet, which is big. Yeah. It's breaking way past the end of the pier. I mean, you'd have, so we take off running. We grab our boards and we're running down that pier as fast as we can. It's pouring rain. We hit the end of it and we're just counting and we're counting by threes. So every time the three, you know, one, two, threes. And so you want to jump on the third wave right after the wave breaks and it's rolling is when you want to jump on the third one. So I go first and, you know, we throw our board off. We just jump off the end of the pier and then you paddle like hell. And he jumped at the same time. We were both paddling like hell because you don't want to get stuck in the swell before it. We make it out there. And we're like, we did it. Like, like I can't believe we're doing this. This is the biggest waves we've ever surfed. Uh, like, we're so excited. So we both ended up catching a wave. And one wave, there's no way to paddle out. The only way to get out is by to run all the way down the pier and to jump out. There's, it's impossible to paddle out. So there's only one way that you can get. We both catch our wave. We're both fine. We make it in. There's newscasters all over the place, and they're all filming us. And we're like, well, that's kind of, you know, weird, but all right, whatever. The newscasters run up to them. They're like, you're crazy. How can you, like, we can't believe that you guys just did that, blah, blah, blah. And we just didn't say nothing. We just run in the car. We put our boards on, back in the ride, and then we drive home. And when I got home, my mother was watching the news, and I always wore this. I always wore this white long sleeve rash guard with the rusty. It's like white, so yeah. you could see me a mile away. And uh, I get home, and my mom, man, she let me have it. I was in so much trouble. Um, I was like grounded for like probably at least three months. She was that angry. Like I really hurt her feelings by doing that because it was very dangerous. But the cool thing about it is after that, every time a hurricane came, she let me invite all my friends over and she would buy us beer. So that was, You didn't just play Don't Worry Be Happy for her and hope that no, all went that, well? No, that didn't that didn't work at that <laughs> point. No. Uh, no. I wish that would have worked. Oh man. All right, I want to listen to this. Uh I'm gonna listen to this, imagining you successfully pulling off another fib caper yeah. to the cops twice. twice. Uh this is fantastic. So this is your second song story. It's come out and play by the offspring from their 1994 album, Smash. When you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, like I said, I can't... uh, Did you just catch one wave or did you go for multiple? Nope, there's just one because we couldn't get back out there. The police had showed up and, like, I mean, there was just no way. They're like, like, beat it, kids. Like, no way you, you are not going back out there. And it was, now that I look back, at the time, it just felt like, like the right thing to do. And, and it was. And it was a beautiful experience catching that one wave. But we only both got one. And then it was back home. There was too much, too much heat on us at that point. I'd assume you'd do it again. I Given would. the chance, you'd go I back would. and do it all over again. I would, without a doubt. Although I haven't surfed in a long time, but um, I, yeah, I would. At the same age, at the same time, there's no way I would ever lose that memory. It's one of the best ones I've ever had, for sure. It's multiple feelings. I saw the whole thing when you were telling it. Like I, I could visualize 
every aspect of that, and I wasn't there. So now every time I hear the song, I'm going to think about your song story. That's a pretty cool thing that happens with this show is that, you know, there's songs that we've heard. I've heard this song, God, who I'll say thousands of times probably, right, yeah. even by proxy and it being on the radio. But now every time I hear that song, I'm going to think about you at, you know, like 16, 17, I'm going to assume around that age. Yeah, no, I was 15. 15? He was 16. Okay, right, yeah. right. You said that, yeah. I'm going to visualize that forever. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing kind of like, remember that movie Point Break? Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of picturing that kind of vibe. That was definitely our vibe, uh, for sure. That's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of how we were. Hey, you can't surf our surf break. You're like, you know, this is local breaks. That like, was so good. Like, we were kind of those kids. Um, yeah, it's pretty hilarious now. Um, but good times, good times, good people, good friends. If Stephen, Stephen Nord, if you're out there and you're hearing this, man, he actually lives in Northport, too, this kid. Yeah. Maybe we can get him on the show. We'll yeah. hear his side of the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Have you been to any, like, musicals? or musicals your thing at all? You know, like, stage musicals, like, any anything like that? Or is that really not your jam? I'm not a big musical um, show person. Um, I think the last thing I went to, I did go see the Coldplay at the Barbara oh, yeah. B-Man. Um. I'm not a, like all blessed to Coldplay, um, but that's not really my jam. Was it the all. symphony did Coldplay? Yeah, that's it what was a right. symphony. Okay, they yeah. did an amazing job. It was beautiful. It's, it, but I'm not a um, a musical play type of guy. Um, you know, I when I went and saw Neil Young, um, he was going through his opera stage and he did a whole musical thing, and I was super super upset because I wanted to dance. And I just want to dance. I just want to dance when I go to, like, when you go to, I mean, just last last week when I saw Santana, you know, everyone's got their assigned seats. It's real hard to dance in them seats, but we managed. Yeah. But that's what I don't like. I like to dance. And when I have to sit there and I have to pay attention to a musical, it just makes me want to dance. And when I go to see someone that I really want to hear, I want to feel it through moving my body. So, not a big sit down and watch a musical play type of guy. What about movies? But respect Ooh. it. Yeah. What about soundtracks and movies? Soundtracks and movies? Hmm. That's an interesting. Um. Yeah. There's. Uh. Huh. Soundtracks and movies. Uh, I don't know. I guess the first thing that pops into my head was um. What was that? Um. What's that movie again about those those kids that go across the. Railroad tracks and stand, stand by me. Thank you. Yeah, probably like something like Stand by Me okay. or something Every old school. Day it's a closer, closer, going. Yeah, that that that's the song I think of. Oh, because they're going down the railroad tracks and they have their radio. There's some and good just, jams in that. God, I was obsessed with that movie. Me too. I, like I watched that movie it. A lot. Oh God, so many times. Maybe that's why I became a writer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in there that that sort of shaped who I am. Who knows? God, I haven't seen that movie in probably Me like, either. like 20 years or something But like that, that song immediately popped in my brain, and I can see the scene in my mind's eye of them going down the railroad tracks, yeah. and they're like kicking rocks, and they're f***ing with each other with sticks and stuff yeah. like that. Well, first curse of the, <laughs> of the podcast. No, I think I got you earlier. <laughs> there was a few that I popped up. What about karaoke? You nope. karaoke guy? Nope, me either. Really? No, nope. I'll sing. I'll, I'll I'll freestyle on the guitar, but I don't do the I don't do the karaoke thing. I just uh, I'm I like I just I just I just don't like it. I, I think it's because like I worked at a bar one time a long time ago, and we did karaoke, and there was a bunch of bad singers, and yep. it just used to really. Um, 
when you, someone torches a song. You know, it does. Like, it upsets me. I yeah. get. A, I have a visceral response to bad karaoke songs. I get. Uh, I'll get sometimes uh, irrationally upset. Same here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, "Why am I pissed off? I'm supposed to be having fun." Yeah, they're right having. Now. A, I'm. A, but I'm mad about it. Yeah. Yep. Take me to karaoke, and there'll be some point in there where I'm like, "I gotta go, bro." Like, like I'm out. Yep. Or I have to get very <laughs> intoxicated. Then I'm. Then it doesn't really well, matter. Well, that's every. I think that's on. almost anybody. Right. And if that's not you, let us know on Facebook or something. Find us at Three Song Stories. We're also on Instagram. Tell us if you love karaoke, karaoke or if you hate it. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of friends that love it. They always try to get me to go, but I'm usually the first person to bounce. <laughs> so, yeah, I get that. Uh, what about, okay, this is, I definitely want to do this, but do you have a nickname at all that has stuck with you over time? We've, we've, my, my name's Brian Weaver. I've always, like, all the way through high school. So if I see you, I'm just going to go, weave. weave. Hey, weave, weave, <laughs> weave. I was like, I played soccer all the way through high school as well, too. Weave, weave. Although I don't get it as much here for mm. some reason, but it seems to have always followed me through. I mean, I've traveled a lot throughout my life. I mean, I was kind of considered a gypsy kid. I mean, I never lived longer than, than two years in a place, it seems like. But um, it would follow me. But for some reason, I don't get that much. Um, I don't get the weave. Um, we gotta bring that it back. much uh, we gotta bring around it back. here. <laughs> yeah, I always liked it. I thought it was a cool, cool last name. But um, yeah, that was my. That was I was the weave. This is one of my favorite questions because I am a very big wrestling fan. I have been my whole life. Oh, yeah. I love professional wrestling. If you, Brian Weaver, weaves were a professional wrestler. What would your entrance theme music be, and what would it look like when you were coming out on that ramp? When it's like theme song, All right. what would it look like? Hmm. How would that be? Do you have pyrotechnics? Do you have lighting? What, what's up? Tell me it. Let's see. It would huh, paint, that's paint it. a visual picture for me. <laughs> Sting, Sting, remember Sting? Uh, he's still a wrestler. He's in AEW. Just Are you had a serious? match on Wednesday. Sting he was did, my he favorite. Awesome. He's, he's still kicking he's still ass. Doing it? Hell yeah. Dude, that's, I gotta Google that. That's he's a- awesome right now. Like, he has had a whole resurgence of. Uh, don't get me started. Uh, this will turn insane. into a wrestling podcast and Dude, it's a whole different thing. I love Sting, but, like, so he was my he was my favorite as a kid. But if it was in me, I'd be like the. Um, probably like the, like the Bad Boys. Probably 50s, just get off the motorcycle with like the. Um, Freaking greaser? Yeah, I'd be like the greaser type of guy carrying the switchblade in his back pocket, listening to probably like Wild Thing or something like that. All right, I like Wild Thing. It's someone else's theme song right now. His name is John Moxley. He's a wrestler, and that is his theme song is Wild oh, really? Thing. But it's it's sick. He comes out in the crowd. So you still watch wrestling? Hell to yeah. This day. <laughs> It's uh, it, t- today is Friday, and you know what that means? That That's means your it's football AE- day. That means it's AEW Rampage is on tonight, really? and when it's Wednesday, that means it's AEW uh, Dynamite, sir. <laughs> I know what's up. I love it. Uh, I'm all about this. that. Vince McMahon down with him. I'm all about this yeah. new wave of wrestling. Is is it well, brought me back to? Being we should a all go to that too. Oh yeah. Does it come here? It's in Florida. They're based in Florida, but it's uh, not. Southwest Florida, but yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Oh, I, I have a huge van, and I think yes. that that we grab Mike, and that be our next. Uh, we go to wrestling, then we journey. hit up Colorado. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Colorado. That sounds perfect. <laughs> um, another random question: If you were a cocktail or beverage of some kind, so we had to like synthesize you into a beverage of some kind, what would that be, and what would you call it? And if there's any kind of special garnish or glass or things. 
Well, it's that's a that's that's a super. I like I love uh, you know I'm big into craft cocktails. I'm big into booze. I love it, but I'd have to be on uh, like just a straight up old fashioned type of guy. My uh, when I was um, when I was, I'd probably say about eight years old, seven years old. My grandfather would drink old fashions, and my grandma it was one shot for grandpa or. Two shots for grandpa, one shot for grandma, and then he would teach me how to make the old fashions. So I would make them all up like I was doing a science experiment, and then I'd, they'd always let me sip them. And then I'd bring them out to grandma and grandpa, like their little waiter, and then when they wanted another one, I'd go in and I'd make them. And I got really good at making them, and that kind of... Tell us the recipe. I mean, I, I, we all know generally uh, what's in an old-fashioned, I yeah. think, but I want I would like to know what your recipe is. I mean, you got to use a really good, start off with a really good bourbon. I mean, a good bourbon that you can find, you know, anywhere is you know, Maker's Bullet, you know. I'd like a good rye as well, too. Mm. Uh, sugar Cube, some nice bitters. Uh, then, um, okay, so the difference is some people like to splash it with water. So it's basically, you take your... You take your cherry, um, let, uh, what do they call it, Lexardo cherries mm-hmm. are the best cherries on the market. You take a slice of orange, you take your sugar cube, you take your bitters, and you take your bourbon, and you muddle the whole entire thing together. I like that's It's not the, the right way to do it, that they say in the books, but it's the way that Brian Weaver does it. Then after it's all muddled, I drop, you know, a giant ice cube in there, and then I like to top mine with soda water, stir this whole puppy up. And it just reminds me of my grand. My grandfather would make it with soda and so- soda water instead of uh, water, and it just stuck with me. And it's um, man, I could. Oh God, I I I I want one right now. What's his? I do too. What's his name? Your grandfather? Cash. Is that what you'd like to call it? Yeah. Yeah. That could be a cash. I like that. I like that a lot. I want one right now. <laughs> I'm like too. that would be ideal, right? Right now. I, I sh- next time I'll bring all this stuff and we can make them before the. I love that. We'll do we, a three. We'll do. We, we don't usually invite song. people back to do three songs again. That's but like one and done. But maybe we'll exception. do a, a 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> 1.5 for Brian. He brings the good stuff. It's time for your last song. Oh yeah. What you got? This one's tricky. Uh, Buena Vista Social Club. There's a lot of memories with that, but one particular memory is... i tell you what, let's listen to this song first, and then I'll give you a quick... This one's not that long for the explanation, but I want you to listen to it yeah. first. Okay. So this is, I think it's Chan Chan. Chan Chan. This is Chan Chan by Buena Vista Social but the Club. the whole album is amazing. Yeah, they're 1997. It's a self-titled album. So let's listen. That song's not necessarily about the lyrics... To me, that song takes me to a place where um, every time there was going to be a good night, that album was put on throughout my family. It was cooked through a lot of dinners, a lot of family gatherings. But it does take me to this one conversation that I had with my mom while that song was playing. And she's um, she's trying... She, she's trying to make me understand why it's so important to learn how to dance. And and um, I'm trying to think about how that conversation first started. It was um, something earlier in the day. I was just figuring out about girls, and I had questions and like, how do you talk to them? What do you talk about? It was like kind of like that conversation. And then I remember later on in the evening, us putting that song on, and that always meant that like like the night 
was gonna be a really good night. So so I remember my mom walking over to me <clears throat> and grabbing both my hands and taking me over and showing me the fourth step with that song playing. And she goes, Brian, um, t- the way to um, a woman's heart is to learn how to dance. She says, have manners when you eat. And she said, be yourself and be funny and don't have babies till you're 30. <laughs> and, uh, That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, so I got my life's whole advice all broken down, sex talk and everything Take all note. done. Take note, everyone listening. Take yeah. note to that advice. Learn how to dance. Have manners. Like, be a gentleman, you know? You can still be a bad boy, but you can still, you know, have manners while you do it. Be a gentleman. And, um, you know, try to travel. Don't have no kids until you're 30, because once you have a kid, it's all about them. Um, so that's that song from me. I remember exactly her grabbing me, showing me the fourth step, which teaches you rhythm. And then once you get that rhythm, it can fold it up into everything. But um, How old were you around about that time, do you think? Man, let's see. How old was I? I'd, uh, let's see. Pops was still still alive, so I would have to say like around like nine, maybe mm. maybe even eight. Um, it was young, though. I remember being in like um, uh, elementary school and like, you know, um, I think I was in like fifth grade and calling a girl for like the first time and being like, so what do you like? Hey, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, and and then I'm like, what do you like? Like, what am I supposed to talk about, mom? Like, like I was very tight. My mom was my best friend throughout my whole life, the coolest woman I ever met. What's your mom's name? Uh, Judy, Judy, Judy Weaver. She was a magnificent woman. She lived her last twenty years out in Costa Rica. You know, helping kids get into Costa, uh, getting to um, uh, getting into the colleges in the states. Wow. She's an incredible poet. Um, a genuine woman. I was really, 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 really lucky to have her. But uh, she told me how it was. And, um, yeah, I was a lucky kid to have such an awesome mom, that's for sure. Did you stick to that advice? I did. I did. I might have stuck to it too much because I don't have any kids to this day. (laughs) 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 And uh, we passed 30 by a little bit. But, you know, know, right now, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm married to my art. That's um, I have a goal. I I, um, I like to set goals and I'm, I like to accomplish them. And um, I don't want anything to get into the way because I don't know. I just feel like I've I've been meant for something, um, for a different type of purpose. What's and, your goal right now? Uh, my goal is to just keep bringing more art to our community and more more beauty and, um, you know. This is something that uh, I like, you know, I don't hope I don't offend anybody about it. But, you know, right now we're working on trying to change uh, Robert E. Lee County into Bruce Lee County. And if you go to our website, well, there's a petition that you can sign. Um, and, it, you know, uh, it, it won't cost the taxpayers near as much money to change it to anything else. We already have the logo that's already set. You know, we can keep Lee County. We can just refer to it as Bruce Lee County instead of Robert E. Lee County. And that's something that's a big focus of my goal right now. But I just really want to just make Fort Myers a beautiful place and put us on the map for lots of art and beauty and music and amazing people. 
you know, if you guys pull that off, you got to make sure the Lee County Commission takes down that Robert E. Lee painting they have up behind them and puts one up of Bruce. Yeah, there's a few things that I think that need to happen. You know, there's that tree outside there that they turned into a big old eagle. It's got some nasty history to it, too. Uh, but, you know, I'd love to start there. I, I, my, um, my, um, my ex-fiance was actually, you know, African-American. And she, like, you know, I didn't even, when I first moved here, I didn't even know it was Robert E. Lee County. And she, we dated for, like, almost four and a half years. And it just put her through a lot of pain, which put me through a lot of pain. And I completely get it and understand it. And it's something that, you know, it's already starting in West Virginia. You know, West Virginia, I mean, if Virginia can do it, we can do it, you know. So um, I just don't want to refer to where I live at. That's the big goal as of right now. And there's a lot of, um, you can go to our website and check out the reasons why. Yeah, we'll link to your website for sure in the web post version of this and, and on social and things like that. Why why is this and, and that mission to you so important? Why do you think it's necessary here in Southwest Florida? Well, first, I mean, this is my home. I, I can't, I've lived here, I'm going on, I guess, nine years now. And I don't want it to, I don't want it to refer to, um, I don't want it to be around me. I want it to be about something I'm proud of, and I'm not proud to be living in Robert um, Lee County at all. And it's, um, you know, that's just big to me, and it's big. It, and, and, I, and I know there's a lot of different names that we could call it, but it seems like we've signed petitions and nothing else is working. So we've come up with an idea of why don't we just keep the logo, keep it all the same, we just change the definition. That way people aren't having to rechange their driver's license, they're not having to change their, you know, like all these documents that have to be changed. We don't have to change anything, we just have to change the the definition of where we live but you know it goes along with you know i guess being an artist and i want to make changes throughout my career and if if um and i think i just feel passion behind that one particular but there's a lot of things that we're trying to work on to make change in the community again that's the reason why we're raising money for all these different nonprofits. we want to bring people together we want to help artists with their careers uh, we just really just trying to make the world a better place. It's, it has nothing to do. It'll never, ever be about the money or the pretty pictures. So, yeah, that's me in a box. If you could broadcast one song into the minds of everyone simultaneously, what song would that be? Probably, I mean, man, at this moment, don't worry, be happy. I, yeah, like, I'm like, feeling that. I, 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 like, I, I want the whole world to like relax a little bit, you know. Um, but that isn't that's an interesting question. I don't know. I'd like like to really um, break that one down. I'd have to give that one some thought. That that's that's a heavy one. Um, we'll keep that as a placeholder. Yeah. If you think of another one before we finish, you can tell me that. But we're getting pretty close to the end here, or you can always just hit me up. All right. You can let me know. Ruminate on that. Okay. Are there any albums that you have to listen to all the way through once you start it? Ooh. Um, I mean, I love uh, Sublime. Is got. I mean, I love. I love some Sublime. That brings. That's a good one. That's a hard one to turn off once it gets going. Marley. Marley's a tough one. You know, once you get going um 
Wu-Tang Clan. I don't know. Like, those are De La Soul. There's just... Have you seen Wu-Tang Clan by chance? I haven't seen. I've seen different members. I I've, saw I've Wu-Tang saw, Clan. I saw Red Man and Meth Man. Oh, but... yeah. I saw the, the, the boys on stage at you Riot Fest. all of them? Uh-huh. All the ones that are with us still. Yeah. Um, on stage at Riot Fest no, in 2019. Yeah, I'm like, so, you yeah, know, no yeah, yeah. no ODB, unfortunately. Yeah. They didn't astral project him uh, from a different plane to, to join but them. But that's <laughs> huge that you it got was awesome. to see the whole yeah. crew right there. In Chicago at Riot Fest, yeah, two years ago. That was a big that was a big thing in high school, too. Was, yeah. Um, you know, it was, was some Wu-Tang Clan. Cream, man. Yeah, in Green Day, like we were talking yes. about, Dookie. Exactly. That was a big one, too. Yeah. Rage Against Machines. Another good one. Oh. I, I keep hearing birds. Is that your phone? Yeah. I, I'm sorry. also not, I'm I like, I, I think I might be having off. a stroke. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Like, I'm in the gallery and people are starting to, like, you know, it's so quiet sometimes in the gallery and people are, like, looking around like, like there's a bird that keeps. And I did turn that phone off twice. And for some reason, the birds keep chirping. No, I appreciate it. Um, what was your process for choosing your three songs, or did it come to you very quickly? It came to me really quickly. I just think my mom, you know, is just, you know, since just losing her uh, a couple years ago was, like, so tough for me. I took care of her for the last year. So I think I was thankful to have that time with her. And I just think that a lot of, um, you know, music just brings up, again, you know, so many feelings and stuff. And those are the ones I felt like remembering. And if I was going to talk about things, I wanted to talk about her you know, just felt like, um, yeah, I wanted to go with what just came to my head. I didn't want to put too much thought into it. And those were the ones that came to my head. It was what I was thinking about and it was what was in my heart. There's no rhythm to the rhyme. Was there a fourth song that almost like a song that you were trying to fit that just ultimately didn't make the list? Um, yeah, Sublime. There's a few songs on on Sublime that was close to there. And then there was some stones in there and um and some marley some mellow moods yeah there was a lot of them again like i've listened to music like it's been such a huge part in my life through everything like it's never quiet in my house like it's what gets gets me out of bed in the morning it's my coffee yeah you know i feel that yeah i I need to have music on all the time if i can uh it feels strange to me to not have music playing uh even when i'm working on other things that have sound there's Mm -hmm. also like there needs to be some kind of music going on yeah i have a nice vinyl collection as well so maybe one day we'll we'll show each other off our our vinyl collection yeah 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 we'll have to um well um i have house parties sometimes so you're Definitely on the list. I look forward to those kinds of things. God, you it's too, been a Mike. while since I've had like a house party. Right on weave. Right on weaves. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every uh, head and weaves. Every you know four months we'll do a cool party at my house. I dig that. That are pretty bonfires and we get down. So you guys are on the list. I would love that. What would your fourteen-year-old self think of you today, weaves? I would think he would be so happy to be, that he figured it out. You know, I feel very fortunate that I've actually. Some people go their whole lives with trying to figure it out, and another thing that my mom always told me is that you know if you can find something that you truly love, then you'll never work a day in your life. And I really took that seriously, and I found it. And it doesn't feel like I work at all, although I work seven days a week and I work my my ass off, but um. You know, I don't work. I get to hang out with my best friends. Like, my small group of friends here I'm so close with, um, which 
like I feel so thankful to have these people that are like truly my family um, around me and to be able to paint pictures for a living and to be able to hang out with my best friends and to be able to make change in the community. It's just a blessing. So I think I would, my 14-year-old self, you know, when I was 14, I wanted to be a professional surfer, but I think artist is probably even cooler. So, I, I you know, that. yeah, paying my bills. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Now I would love for you to recommend three individuals that you think would be a good guest that you promise that you will share your episode with, that they will commit to listening to, and uh, then that they'll join us. Okay. Um, my first one is Maria Pia. Um, she's probably one of my very best friends that live here. She's the um, um, pretty much the head uh, art director. Sorry if I get that wrong at Black House or White House Black Market. Mm. Um, she's um, probably one of the most talented artists I've ever met and one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, super tight. That's my girl. She lives down the street with their husband. They got a really cool house. They've made me part of their family. Uh, she is, uh, and she's Italian, and she speaks with a major accent, and she's really tiny, but she's just a large person. Um, she's awesome. Then my other one is um, Stephen. Sorry if I got your name wrong, buddy. It's uh, Sirachi. Um, he's doing some really awesome things, and he really, really wants to be on you guys' show. He Ooh. listens to you guys like every day. I love that. Um, he's uh, one of the armors of Southwest. One of the owners of Southwest Florida Produce. Um, um, he he basically raises um, organic vegetables, and he's a farmer. He's got this awesome farm, and you can he'll actually bring you what's fresh in a box to your doorstep. Yeah, I follow them and, on social media. I love them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know them personally, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> well, that's my boy. I'm and taking part in that. He's also heavily involved in my company, um, Art Ensemble. He's my MC at our Battle of the Arts every second Saturday of the month. He MCs it. And then we also talk about fresh produce. Cool. At the Battle of the Arts because eating right is what's up. And then my third is Melissa Dehaven. Uh, she's um, also one of my best friends. She works at the Sydney Byrne Davis. She basically, I would say, you know, has a has a huge part in making sure on how that you know that whole entire art center is ran. She's a sweetheart. She's beautiful and an incredible heart. I think that she'd be perfect for you guys' podcast. So I would definitely recommend having all three of these people on your show if you. Um, if you want a really good, that's a strong good, testimony. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Preemptively, yeah. we'll say yes. We'll reach out to all. them. Yeah, like, for sure. They're all super amazing. Like I look up to all of them. So, I mean, tight. Well, Brian, this is it. Any final thoughts? Love is love. Thank you for having me. Like I really appreciate it. This was super fun. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your song stories and your life with us. Well, awesome. Well, anytime you guys need me, feel free to call and. Um, I guess we got to start working on our wrestling to Red Rocks, um, yes. Colorado uh, trip. We got to start with the parties, and we're gonna do. Yeah. We, got a, we got a lot of stuff to do, guys. So we got to go. All right. All Thank right. you all for listening. All right, Mike, let's get our shit together, buddy. Uh, it's halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey.
We make this podcast in the studios of WGCU Public Radio at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm Tara Calligan, host and producer and digital online content creator. Mike Canary is host and creator. Richard Chinqui is co-creator, host and producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studios in St. Pete. Again, if you like this episode and you love all things three song stories, music, and memories. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media. You can find us at Facebook at Three Song Stories and on Instagram at Three Song Stories. You can always support WGCU and Three Song Stories by going to WGCU.org. Click that donate button and write Three Song Stories in the comments section so they know where the love is coming from. I stole this week's parting tune from episode 181 featuring Brian's partner in art symbol underground crime, Cesar Aguilera. While Cesar admits this particular song isn't usually his cup of tea genre-wise, he admits that the vibe and lyrics of Vacation by Dirty Heads sums up their professional and, and personal relationship perfectly. Since we were painting a mural in the afternoon in Fort Myers and then we go at night to paint in Port Charlotte. So it's just Brian and me and... One day he will DJ, the next day we DJ. But every time he will DJ, this song will always show up. Mm-hmm. One of those nights, he, he yells from the other side of the room, Hey, this should be your song! And it's the first time that I pay attention to the lyrics, and it's such a great feeling, you know. It's, we're making a life of... We, yeah. we don't work. I just enjoy it every day, you know. So I haven't worked in a long time. <laughs> Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I, I am not down with live action versions of cartoons. That's going to be your teaser bite. We're going to use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>